Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Welcome to the Business of Marketing. Brought to you by Adweek and SAP. The Business of Marketing is where you get to hear from business leaders and innovators on how CMOs work collaboratively with their C-suite partners to drive business transformation. So, for anyone who is a CMO or aspiring to join the C-suite, this podcast will provide you with a deep dive into how to create cross-functional teams, establish clear internal communications, invest in customer centricity, drive technology innovation, and develop talent for the future. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. On this week's episode of The Business of Marketing, we are joined by a marketing leader who has had to navigate an extraordinary year of growth and business transformation. Lauren Weinberg, who heads global marketing for Square, has been with the company for more than four years and at the beginning of 2020 was gearing up for a huge growth year, driven in large part by brand storytelling and customer acquisition. While no one could have predicted or planned what ultimately happened, the strategy and the plan and her priorities didn't fundamentally change once the pandemic hit. However, the needs of their customers did. 
It's a testament to her incredible resilience and the company's ability to pivot, move fast, and be agile to the changing landscape that enabled them to provide an essential lifeline to literally millions of businesses around the world. What also struck me in my conversation with Lauren is how in tune she is with the importance of being an empathic leader and what it means to lead with vulnerability, especially when it comes to managing her team. We covered a ton during this conversation, and I'm convinced that regardless of your role, the level that you're at in your career, or what your needs and priorities are as a leader in your own organization, you will learn so much from Lauren and from our conversation. Enjoy the show, and thanks again for listening. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So... Let's talk about Square. Square is a truly remarkable business. Valued today at around 108 billion. I think you guys have increased your market capitalization by about 400% just in the last year alone. And today we're going to spend some time really sort of digging into the last 12 months and the impact and, and also the opportunity that the global pandemic has meant for your business. But before we get into that, I want to go back. You joined Square in 2017. I believe you were originally focused on growth. And now you head up marketing globally. Talk about your decision to join Square. What was it about the business, the vision, the mission that, that drew you to the opportunity in the first place? Yeah, it's a good question. So there was a lot of things. I would say starting off, I had been in media my entire career and I was excited and really eager to learn a new industry. And I was passionate about fintech. I just thought there would be lots of innovation and disruption. And I thought it would be fun to learn something new. And then when I started having conversations with Square, I was blown away by A, just the breadth of their offerings and how many products and solutions they had. But I would say more than anything, just the mission and the purpose and the culture. And when I went to interview in the office, you could just really feel how passionate everyone there was about really just like helping small business owners succeed and, and what that would look and feel like. And I just remember leaving feeling so energized and excited about the opportunity there. We're going to dig into a lot of that. And I want to definitely talk more about culture and the importance of culture at Square. Uh, and we're also going to sort of dig into the growth story a little bit more. But let's talk about Square's business and the products and services that you provide to businesses and consumers. And I'm, I'm particularly interested to get a sense of how the business was evolving during the first few years, particularly obviously during your kind of initial few years when you joined and then leading up to the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. So I would say, you know, during my interview process, I learned a lot about Square and I was really blown away by the number of products that they had that I didn't know about. And so I would say, I think we've just been on a journey where, I mean, we're for, focused on really enhancing our capabilities in some core areas. So obviously we started and are known very well for our commerce solutions. So taking payments and there's been tons of innovation in that space over the last couple of years, including new hardware with contactless payment options, QR code payments. We acquired Weebly during my time at Square, and that really enhanced our online store capabilities. But also just Square has banking services. And over the last couple of years, I mean, we've always had loans 
through Square Capital, but we've rolled out debit cards and additional banking services as well. And we offer payroll to our customers. So it's really a very like full list of offerings. And I would say those things were already in existence and they've just become more robust over the years. So we have vertical points of sale, like an appointment point of sale. And we now have the ability to send text message reminders and alerts for your appointments. So I would say all of those things were in place and we've continued to just make things easier for customers so that they can stay connected with their customers and really focus on their business and not worrying about all of these tools and solutions. So one of the things that I like to ask our guests on this show, particularly in relation to how the pandemic has affected their businesses, what were your strategic priorities going into 2020? And then obviously, how did they change once the world went into lockdown? Yeah, so I would say what's really interesting for Square is that our strategic priorities for 2020 didn't change. So from a marketing standpoint, I would say we were very focused on increasing awareness of our solutions, in particular, helping customers understand our omni-channel solutions. So I would say if people know Square for taking payments in person, we really wanted to help them understand all the ways that you can get paid, the connection between online and offline. But really just we want our customers to understand the full suite of offerings and all the things that they can take advantage of when they use Square. So that was number one, and that didn't change. And a big reason why we wanted to do that is that we know that we need to create more demand to continue to efficiently scale on the performance side. And then I would say our third sort of strategic priority was really just enabling more human and emotional connections with our customers. So we talked about culture a little bit in the opening, but there's this palpable commitment to the mission and purpose inside Square's walls. And one of our goals for 2020 was to show that side of our brand to the outside world and to our customers. And so nothing changed, right? The pandemic came and all those things remain the same, but everything about the way that we had to execute all the tactics, the messaging, and every single asset that we had all had to change. And so the the strategy stayed the same. It was just everything else that had to change as a result of the pandemic. So the products that we were going to highlight changed. The way that we were going to tell our brand story changed. Absolutely. I definitely want to kind of dig into the kind of the brand story and how you have approached the communications challenge, how you approach adjusting and and, um, adapting your messaging strategies over the course of the last 12 months. I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about growth before we get into that, though. So obviously, your strategic priorities were set, right? You had a sense of like how the business was going to evolve. But presumably, and this has been talked about a lot, I think, more broadly, COVID has been an accelerant, right? It's been, in fact, one of the greatest accelerants of digital transformation that we'll probably ever likely experience, certainly in our lifetime. So to what extent did you experience this acceleration of change and transformation? And what did that look like from the perspective of your customers? Yeah. So I would say, yeah, all of those things that you mentioned are definitely true for our business. And I would say when the pandemic first started, we did expect to see people pivoting to online, but we also expected to see like more slowness in our business, which we did see in the first couple of weeks. But it was kind of remarkable how quickly we saw the entire business community adapt. And so I would say after a couple of weeks of seeing sort of like less than usual growth metrics, we all of a sudden started to see major acceleration in our business across a lot of these areas, particularly 
as we started to roll out new products and solutions. So there was many things that were on our roadmap for 2020 that we pushed forward to really help meet the needs of our customers, including curbside pickup and delivery. We started to offer just like discounts on hardware that would enable contactless payments. So really trying to put the the solutions in place that would really help businesses make that pivot. And so we did see uh, quite a bit of growth, um, especially over the summer. And and I, I think one of the challenging things about 2020 was having to move at like just a, such an accelerated pace in terms of figuring out how to meet each moment. You know, I think that we're completely uncharted territory for everybody last year. So figuring out how do we, what's the right message to have in market at the right time and how do we get it out there while we're still in this moment because it's hard to know what the moment's going to be in a month from now. And so I would say there was definitely a lot of sprint cycles last year and just us working faster with a lot of extra constraints, I would say. So trying to get new ad spots into market faster than ever when you can't have people like traveling or on production shoots was kind of created a whole new set of of challenges and issues. So I would say for us, yes, we definitely saw that acceleration. And then I think we tried to really lean into those moments and try to figure out where we were going to go next and just keep staying ahead of the curve. How has it impacted you? How have you had to adjust and meet these challenges from a sort of an individual perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the first couple of weeks of the pandemic were probably the hardest weeks I've ever had in my working career. So lots of really long days initially. And part of that was just trying to figure out what's the right thing to do for Square. We're very oriented around how are we going to help our customers? So the first thing that we did was say, how are we going to provide some relief for our customers right now? We know they're going to be impacted by all these shutdowns. And so that was number one, which was taking our marketing budget And deciding to apply that towards software fee refunds for our customers for three months. And so there was that, the logistics of that, communicating that out to our customers. But I would say agility was the name of the game in 2020. So I think you needed to be leaning into your intuition because there's no playbook. There was definitely no playbook for 2020. And I think every marketer you speak to would probably say the same thing. I think for us at Square, it's always thinking about what we're going to do through the lens of our customers. So what do they need? How can we help them? What's going to be the best thing for them right now? And then just continuing to move fast. So I'd be lying if I didn't say that it, it was hard. I would say work was hard. Having my kids at home was hard. Figuring out even just logistically where we all were going to work and homeschool was definitely, I think, just an unexpected challenge. And I think in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, I probably didn't leave my house at all during daylight hours. But after a couple of weeks, I realized how unhealthy that was and and started to make some changes to my work schedule. So it's interesting at the executive producer of this show, Brian Letty, provided some incredible insight actually into the preparation for for this interview. His wife owns a frozen yogurt business in Westchester, New York, and she uses Square. Square is an essential tool in regards to how she runs that business. And and he, he really sort of helped us understand how his wife's business pivoted, adapted and adjusted to the kind of the moment and met, I think, the needs of their customers in large part due 
to the tools that Square was able to provide, curbside pickup being obviously one of them, but even later on down the line, support in regards to applying for like PPP yeah. loans and things like that. And, and so Square is, of course, you know, an essential service. It certainly has become an essential service to small businesses, not just over the course of the last year, but ever since the business was really first founded. And we know that the pandemic has affected SMBs around the world. And, and in many cases, it's been heartbreaking to see businesses have to close permanently or the loss of jobs and the impact to people's livelihoods. How has this impacted you personally? And, and to what extent has this given you a renewed sense of purpose in your role at Square? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say before I came to Square, after I, I left Yahoo, I started my own business for a little bit. So I would say I came into Square with just tremendous amount of empathy for how hard it is to run your own business and how many hats you need to wear as a business owner. And so I kind of came in with that mindset. And there's so many things that I learned about Square when I got there that I wish I had known when I was running my business because that would have been really helpful for me. But I would say personally, I felt a lot of responsibility to really steer square ship in terms of how we were going to show up for our customers during this time where we knew that you know, we are an essential tool to a segment of the population that is going to be impacted greatly by what's happening with the pandemic. But I would say that at the same time, I felt that there was this tremendous amount of unity inside the company. I would say if you talk to everyone inside the company, probably 99% of the people would tell you that the reason that they came to work at Square is because they're very passionate and committed to the mission and the purpose. And so I would say I just felt grateful to be part of an organization where we were able to move quickly and move quickly together with more unity than I've ever seen amongst the leadership team in terms of really deciding what we were going to do and making decisions to turn your marketing budget into a pool of relief funds for your customers was an easy sell within my peers because everybody agreed on what was the most important thing to do. But I definitely would be lying if I didn't say that it was extremely scary, I think, to have the responsibility of thinking about how to navigate this really tricky time. But I think like just having great peers and knowing that everybody's lens is the same, which is what are we going to do to support customers right now was really helpful. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. Let's talk about the sort of shift to cashless businesses and some of the trends that you feel are the most important to focus on. So according to a piece in Yahoo Finance from pre-pandemic 2020 to today, we've seen the share of cashless businesses more than double in the US, Australia, Canada, and also the UK. And in February 2020, in the US alone, just 6.3% of Square's sellers were cashless which then jumped to 14% by February 2021. And then during that same period, the share of cash transactions decreased from 37.4% in February 2020 to 30.5% in February 2021. So talk about this trend. Do you see this continuing? Are we moving towards a, a fully cashless world? And why do you think this is important? So I would say what we saw last year is businesses pivot to really meet their customers where they were at. And I think we are already on a continuum of moving towards cashless. But what we saw last year was basically that the pandemic accelerated the pace of that. And so what we saw last year would have happened over a three-year period of time. So it definitely accelerated the pace. And, And we know from some of our own research that customers are getting more comfortable with using their credit card for lower ticket items versus just high ticket items. And so I definitely believe that we'll continue to see a shift in that direction. And I think there's a lot of convenience in terms of being able to use QR codes for payments um, and all of these other things that you can do from your phone. So I would say I do expect that we'll continue to see um, a move in that direction. But at the end of the day, it's going to be about really businesses meeting customers where they're at and whatever their preferences are. But I do think that customers are spending more and more time on their mobile phones. And if that's kind of one of the only things that you need to leave your house with to make payments and to do a bunch of other things, then I would expect to see that continue. And then in terms of just contactless payments, I would say, The other piece there is that I think everybody was trying to be really safe in COVID. And and I've definitely noticed myself, I went to Tahoe this year in February and the entire ski village had been transformed into like contactless payments only. And so we've seen that about 74% of our customers in the U.S. 
are now accepting contactless payments. And that's up about 64% from a year ago in February. So again, I think there's the combination of those two things. Part of it is just the trend and convenience of, you know, having everything on your mobile device, but also I would say COVID acceleration and not wanting to actually have the touching hands of cash transactions. Oh, definitely. Just one more question that I'd like to ask just in regards to the ways in which you're supporting small businesses. I mean, obviously, we're entering into the recovery sort of phase as, as we come out of the pandemic. What are some of the new tools and products that you plan to roll out that will uh, continue to help and, and provide support to small businesses in the future? Yeah, so I would say one of the things that we try to do at Square is just make like find new and better ways to make complex things easy for our customers. So we talked a little bit about the things that came out last year, like curbside pickup and delivery and QR code payments. And we also rolled out the ability to create like online checkout links. And so if you want to sell something on social media, you can easily create a link where uh, customers can provide payments. And so definitely trying to lower the barrier and provide less friction. We know that there's going to be a ton of new businesses starting. So I think recently there was like 4.4 million businesses that were started in 2020, which was like a record high of the past decade. And so I think whenever we see these economic downturns, we see tons of innovation, a lot of new business starts. And so I think that we are just trying to kind of make things easy and remove that friction. But I would say some of the things that we're really focused on, which have been top priorities for us, is really omni-channel selling. And so people have moved online and eventually I think things will open back up and then they'll have a physical location and an online presence. And a huge pain point for retailers is inventory sinking. So we'll be focused on how do we make that easier and streamline. I think if you talk to brick and mortar retailers, they would tell you that the thing that they're most nervous about is like, how do they create this online presence and how do they make sure that their inventory is sinking so they don't sell something online that they're out of stock on? And so those are the kinds of things that we're working on. We know restaurants, for example, have really been impacted greatly by the pandemic and we're trying to like streamline operations within the kitchen. So all of your delivery systems can be can run through your point of sale system. And also so that we're giving restaurants the opportunity to have an option other than leveraging delivery services. So we partner with them and that's an option that's available to restaurants, but we also know that delivery services eat into margin for restaurants. And so we want to offer solutions for them to be able to offer delivery and not work through some of those partners. So I would say those are the things I think that are that continue to be top of mind for us. And then we have a huge like API ecosystem. We want to make it easy for our customers to plug into other tools and solutions, third parties outside of Square that really complement our own solutions just to make everything really seamless and easy for our customers. All right, let's talk about you and your role a little bit more. So in your role, you're responsible for customer acquisition. Can you talk about some of the innovations that you are leading that is driving growth in this particular area? Yeah. So I would say one of the things that's most interesting about Square and customer acquisition, and so that's something that obviously is a primary KPI for me and for my role. And I think it's something that Square has always been great at. And what we have found that's really interesting over the past three or four years is that actually leaning into awareness has been the thing that's helped accelerate our customer acquisition growth more than anything else, because we just we had so many things that people weren't aware of. And so we've been focused on awareness to really accelerate that, you know, that customer acquisition flywheel and just create more demand. And so we've been experimenting with a lot of different 
awareness tactics and branded content experiences. I would say the other thing about Square is that it's a pretty considered purchase, even though you can always start for free, but making the decision of what tool you're going to use to run your business is a big decision for a business owner, especially if they're going to be switching. And so we really tried to, to lean very heavily on our branded content partners. We did a lot of great work with Eater last year to help the restaurant industry just see how restaurant owners were adapting. We've been doing tons in partnership with Forbes. We've done some work with the New York Times, really just to provide a little bit more richness and robust content to help business owners really make that decision. And then I would say we're focused a lot on just trying the new channels. So TikTok obviously had explosive growth in 2020. And we know there's a lot of business owners that are on TikTok. And so we're in the process now of, of building out and experimenting with organic and paid influencer strategies. And I would say we're just constantly in test and learn, learn mode. So trying new channels, trying to understand the best ways to work within those channels. And the other thing is, I, I would say, like, when I got to Square, I identified that there was definitely an opportunity for us to think more cohesively about our marketing program. So we were kind of thinking about things very much in the channel silo. And now I think we plan in a much more integrated way. And so we're really thinking about everything from the very top of the funnel to how we bring customers all the way through, including like, how do we do outreach from sales? When are we going to do like really fun and interesting account-based marketing programs? And we've had a lot of fun experimenting with things in that area to really grab some of our customers' attention. So I would say for us, it's a constant test and learn cycle of trying new things and, and looking at new um, channels and opportunities. I mean, given just the range of products and services that you can provide and make available to businesses, I imagine it's also therefore challenging to create a con con cohesive sort of message around the brand, the brand identity, the mission. How have you managed that? And how have you specifically communicated the brand's identity and mission to your audiences over the last year? Yeah. So I would say last year is probably the first time that we actually really attempted to do that. I would say prior to last year, even though that's such a huge part of the, the company culture, our outside messaging was a lot more focused on like the tools and the utility of the tools. And so last year was the year that we intended to really make this pivot into really communicating more about our brand values and mission. But I would say prior to that, we have an operating principle at Square, which is show and don't tell. And so I would say we really try to lead with that primarily, which is really showing up for our customers in a lot of ways. And that's kind of the most important thing that I think that we do. But we also have a very long history of, I think, storytelling. And we usually try to leverage our customers in those storytelling mechanisms. And for our first brand campaign, although this wasn't our initial plan, one of the things that we started doing last year after we focused on relief and surfacing the tools was we we posted a 1-800 number on our social channels and encouraged our customers to call us and just talk to us and tell us how they were doing. I think it just felt it was such a scary time. And we wanted to create a sense of community, a sense of belonging. And we were getting just the most incredible stories that we turned into an organic audio story campaign. And these were 
so inspiring, just incredible stories of resilience and grit from our customers that we actually turned that into our first ever brand campaign. So we picked six of our sellers and we couldn't go and shoot video on location. So we had some photo assets that we turned into a video collage and really had their stories that we ended up turning into our campaign. And so we really tried to lean on their stories and their voices to really demonstrate what we stand for as a brand. But I would say other than that, the ways that we showed up for our customers were through the the products and solutions. We built a resource hub. We had over a hundred webinars last year that we created for our customers just to help them. So I would say, for example, California and Seattle were some of the first places to shut down. And so we immediately had some business owners from those areas talk about what they were doing and how they were managing, which we thought would be really helpful to folks in the middle of the country and on the East Coast that hadn't had those shelter-in-place measures put into place quite yet. And also through PPP, I think that's probably one of the most impactful things that we rolled out last year. But we ended up giving, I think, um, $873 million in PPP loans to Square's customers. And one of the things about that is that it was actually to over 80,000 customers. So like our average loan price was around $11,000, which is one tenth of the size of the average loan that the SBA was giving out. So we felt really good that we were actually reaching those smaller business owners that really struggled in the first round to get access to PPP loans. And those are the kinds of things that we knew would really help keep these businesses going during this tough time. Yeah. I mean, small businesses at that time, they needed speed and efficiency, particularly around like response times, the speed at which you could deploy the actual loan. So many of the bigger banks really struggled in in that regard. They just weren't set up to be able to necessarily move quickly. So this, so a couple questions for you that we ask all of our guests. So this is a podcast that aims to help CMOs and future C-suite leaders understand how marketing can drive business transformation. And what's interesting is that in your role, you're driving business transformation through the function of marketing and through your role and responsibilities, but also you're obviously driving business transformation for your customers as well. So what we'd love to know is what advice do you have for our audience in terms of how to nurture and develop collaborative partnerships with other members of your C-suite? Yeah. So I would say a few things. Number one, I I think is accountability as a marketer. So I always tell everyone on my team, one of the best things about being in marketing is that everybody cares about marketing. But one of the worst things about being in marketing is that everybody cares about marketing. And so there's just a constant spotlight on what you're doing. And I've tried to really focus on accountability of our team and helping everyone understand how we make decisions. So what are our investment frameworks? And it just, I think, feels a lot more objective and less subjective because we have like clear rubrics in terms of how we think about investments at the product level. And we're super accountable in terms of showing where we spent money, what results we achieved. So I would say that's definitely one thing that I think has been tremendously helpful is really just the transparency and accountability. I I think some marketing organizations operate more as a black box and don't necessarily want everybody in their business all the time, I found that the more we open up and share what we're doing and how we think about things, the easier it is for us to partner with other executives inside the company. And then I I would say the second piece is really like conviction and determination, because 
I, I think we've changed or I've changed a ton about the way Square does marketing, the way the company thinks about marketing in the last four years. And it takes time. It takes a lot of conviction. Not everything that I pitched was a success or even greenlit the first time around. And it requires you to go back again and try things again and try them in a slightly different way. And I would say those are, are the skill sets I think that you really need, which is transparency, accountability, tons of conviction confidence and the strategic changes that you want to drive. And then finally, like just data. If you want to drive a big change, you need to make sure that you've got the right metrics in place to really prove either that what you did worked or if it didn't, that's okay too. And I would say Square is a great learning environment and really celebrates that. Like just learn from your failures or the things that don't work well. And I think that it's a very safe culture where we can say, we thought this, we tried this, it didn't work, but here's what we learned. And so you can't do those things. You can't tout your successes either, unless you've got the right measurement plans and metrics in place. All right. And one, one last question for you, just building on that. What's the one leadership lesson that you are taking away from your experience of this last year? I think it would probably be just showing your vulnerability as a leader. Last year was really hard for everybody. And I, I send out an email every week to my team and to all of our stakeholders. And it's mostly a business update, some things that are top of mind. And I started to include like a personal section at the end of every email. And sometimes it's very light stuff, like pictures of my dogs and kids. And other times it's just things that I would say that I'm personally struggling with. My family moved across the country this year during the pandemic. I have teenage kids. That was really hard um, for them. And I shared how that was hard and why that was hard. And, and I think just a lot of working parents could really relate to that. And so I would say showing your human side as a leader and sharing your vulnerable moments is, is one of the things that I think everybody needs to see leaders demonstrate so that they can feel safe. Also taking what they need for themselves as well. Lauren, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today. We are huge fans of Square here at Adweek, and we very much admire what you and your team have accomplished, especially over the course of this last year, and especially, of course, in terms of the impact and support that you have provided to small businesses everywhere. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Thanks for listening to The Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and presented in partnership with SAP. The Business of Marketing is produced by Al Manorino. The executive producer is Brian Leddy. Support also provided by Erica Perry and Julian Gamboa. Please take a minute to subscribe and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media? Meaningful connections. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.